0: You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League,
1: powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Tuesday edition. This is your show, our Twitter Tuesday, two-minute drill, mailbag, all the twos on this Tuesday and uh, thanks to all the questions, you got a ton of good ones in. It will be plenty to get through on today's episode. If you ever want to drop a question to us, at BDPeacock is where you can find me on Twitter. Matt is at Williamson WilliamsonNFL. Really quick, actually, before we get to some of these, Pro Day season is in full swing now, and free agency sort of slowing down a little bit. And by the way, teasing some future episodes, Matt Williamson's post-free agency first wave mock draft, is uh, is in my inbox. I can see that in there. I haven't opened it yet. And the power rankings, Post Free Agency First Wave Power Rankings. I'm interested yeah. to see how you think teams have changed and the power structure of the NFL has changed <laughs> so far after most of the big free agents have signed around the league. Pro days though. How about this one, Rondale Moore? He's one of my favorites. I had fun watching. I couldn't fit him into my first round of my mock draft. Thought he was going to be, you know, 5-9 and and blaze and be a workout warrior because he's so dynamic of a player. Purdue Pro Day today, Matt, showed up at 5'7", and not like 5'7", seven and 7'8", seven 5'7", flat for Rondale Moore, but ran a 4'29 and at a 42 and a half inch vertical. So, I mean, that's a lot wow. of power and explosion that. in a tiny package. But, man, at 5'7, I got to believe teams are going to look at him as a gadget player.
1: We've kind of drifted away from just, there's too much stuff going on, my position ranks, my top five that I did for the Steelers. He was my fifth receiver, so I was really, really high on him before I knew those things. And they used them a lot that way in college too. a lot of bubble screens, that kind of thing. And you know, you talk to him or you, you hear quotes from his coaches and teammates. I guess he has unbelievable squat numbers and weight room numbers. He's very powerful for being that small do you have do you know his weight by chance is he you know 200
0: everyone's going off about his height and i'm just looking at at twitter and all i saw was the the vertical the 40 time of 429 ridiculous and 5'7 flat but he's okay. rocked up he's thick so i wouldn't be surprised if he's 190 pounds at 5'7
1: i mean isn't he exactly what like green bay needs i mean every receiver for green bay looks the same or I look at Tony and him, you know, the Florida kid, mm-hmm. and think, boy, I bet Sean Payton would love to get their hands on those guys. Just give me some kind of explosive weapon. They know what Kamara is. You know what Thomas is. You know what Devontae Adams is. You know what Aaron Jones is. But give me one more wild card.
0: Because he's a strong guy, he's not a tiny little skinny, you know, no. speed only player. Maybe in today's NFL positionless football, the way things are going, maybe he's more valuable than he would have been in years past. By the way, here's a good note from our friend at Locked on Falcons, Aaron Freeman tweeted this out. Rondale Moore at 5'7". Last time a player measured under 5'8 and was taken in the top 100 picks in the draft was former Steeler great Dre Archer in 2014 at pick 97.
1: Great might be a strong stretch there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but that's sort of the thing, right? When you're too but small. he was little. And he was a finesse player. He was just, I'm going to run by you and that's all I got.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was a blazer, tiny – he was positionless football, too. I mean, he had some running back, but, I mean, a a stiff breeze would knock him over. He couldn't be a kick returner because he got knocked over. And this worries me about more with the size. The only thing that really worries me about the size is just contested catch situations. Obviously, he's got a great vertical, but, you know, a six-foot corner with long arms and a jump ball or near the end zone, goal line situations – uh Moore's going to be at a disadvantage, but I think he's a lot more physical and much better change of direction guy than Dre Archer for sure too.
0: Uh still not seeing weight. I'm looking for weight on on Rondale. I bet
1: he's 190ish. I mean, as yeah. long as he's not 170, I got no problem with that cuz he is thick and very muscular and very strong and very powerful. These I, I think these is positive five sevens little don't get me wrong, but those explosion numbers are
0: great. If you're a team that loves Rondell Moore, you might like that because you didn't expect him to be tall anyway. Now he's going to drop into your lap at the top of round three.
1: Oh, I don't think he no. lasts that long. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, can I know see that... him.
0: I can see him. I mean, he's not going to go in the first at five seven. That, that's just not. And like, agreed to, to Aaron Freeman's point with his tweet. It just doesn't happen in the top one hundred. Happened one time, and that was twenty fourteen. So he's not going to go high. How? Where does he go in round two? Does he slip to the top of round three? If he's not going to get out of round three because he's too explosive, and I think a lot of teams will know how they want to use a player like that. But there's a lot of good wide receivers too, and that might be the tiebreaker. Some will say, "Well, look, at least this guy can play outside, and he has a real position." And we don't really have a a position group for Rondale Moore, even though he'd be fun.
1: He's also very productive at a very young age, which the analytic dorks will tell you is a massive indicator of future success at the NFL level.
0: Uh, Not to, I don't want Rondale Moore, one prospect to take over this entire pod, because we got a lot to get to here, but um, Alabama's pro day is happening as we speak right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a lot of times yet for that one because it's just getting going. But Alex Leatherwood apparently is the one that's going to shine At Alabama and and there's a reason why Jedrick Wills was at right tackle and Leatherwood was playing left tackle and and Leatherwood has some work to do as a player but he's a a freak of an athlete at his size and this might help his stock a lot he already dropped I think a 35 inch vertical at whatever 300 you know 6'5 320 pounds or whatever it is he weighs
1: yeah and he was one of those five star types you know that go to Bama and play left tackle I mean um, he might be better at guard but it's funny. Greg Cosell is one of my favorite analysts and he has been for a very long time, not to imply Greg's old, but he's not young. He's been doing this a very long time. And we had him on our Steeler show last week, just talking tackles for a little while. And he he's a great point. He's like all these people that look at, you know, Leatherwood's a perfect example that look at these guys and say, well, he's better at guard. Any given Sunday, there's 64 tackles that line up and there really probably isn't 64 of them that meet the prototypes. So he's probably a tackle
0: yeah draft the prototype and coach him up if you believe he's got it going on upstairs and can be that and he's shown reps where he could be that and you know at Mm -hmm. worst then the fallback is guard of course and you know right tackle left tackle I don't know if that matters as much anymore I think it does to some people but uh, Leatherwood's going to be an interesting prospect because all you know until really this season started he was mocked as a first round you know a future first round type of player and then it slipped a little bit and I wonder if you might creep back into that that range, that top fiftieth range is probably where he'll end up. Uh, one more note real quick on Alabama's Pro Day. This story about a player who you in your last mock draft had going to the Steelers at the end of round one. Alabama running back Najee Harris. His flight from Dallas to Birmingham was canceled last night due to lightning. So with no other Ooh. travel options available, Harris drove nine hours to make it to Alabama's Pro Day by 10 a.m. today. He's not even working out. He just wanted to be there to do the other stuff and support his teammates. And he drove all that way just to do that, even though he's not working out. So that was a pretty cool story.
1: That is a pretty cool story. Um, the other thing I just want to throw this out there, like, uh, uh, here's everyone in the world's at that pro day that can too. I mean, it, it's good for Harris just to see his face when every GM in the country is at Bama's pro day. Like I'm, I'm always taking it back to the Steelers, my apologies. But the Steelers top three guys were at the Clemson Pro Day. So everyone around here is like, oh, they must love Travis ATN. And they might. But I I, I sit on the air, I'm like, you know what? They're gonna be there next year, too. And the year after. You know, it doesn't it's Clemson. <laughs> it doesn't don't look too much into it. There's a lot of information to learn there. Kevin Colbert's buddy from another scouting staff, he's gonna sit next to and they're gonna compare notes about guys and stuff. You know, like there's th- these pro days are very um, lot not rumors, but there's a lot of information ch- changing hands. Don't look too much into it, and that's smart for Harris to be there. All
0: right, got one more from Alabama. This is actually kind of a big one. Um, Devonte Smith not working out, but weighing in at the pro day, and that's a big weigh in, I think. Six sure. foot one, which is good. You know, which is not surprising. Yeah. I think last year Judy was right at six one, and they look like the same guy sometimes. When I was watching film last year on Judy, I was trying to figure out which one was Smith and which one was Judy because they're both so good and they're about the same size. Mm-hmm. One hundred and seventy pounds. Exactly. OK, that's, uh, I mean, it's so light at six one and I he's had so much time. I would have thought if he's not working out, that meant he was bulking up and I was expecting to see something closer to one eighty. And that's still yeah. slim.
1: I guess that's a little disappointing. That was like the lowest number you wanted to hear. He does have very long arms and his height and his length are are good, you know, as was Judy's. That's a little lean. That's for sure. Especially whenever you wouldn't weigh in at the senior bowl. I just wonder, I mean, there's just some dudes that uh, have a hard time putting on weight. (laughs) I mean, I I always use the, my butt, my fraternity brother, Skip Raker. I pledged with them and, it was a ten dollar fine if Skip wore shorts in the fraternity house because he was too skinny and he embarrassed us, embarrassed us too much. Like he, that guy would eat everything in the world and couldn't get past like 115 pounds. Like some people just can't put it on.
0: Uh old Skip. Did he have did he have uh quickness at least? Was he was he quicker than fast? Oh, no
1: quickness at all. No, oh wow, really? Okay. <laughs> no, not so much. Nice oh, guy
0: right. though. <laughs> Good in the locker room.
1: It, right. $10 fine, though, if you go walking through the lobby with shorts on Oh, man. Okay.
0: That's fantastic stuff. All right, let's move on from the pro <laughs> days here. We've got a lot of good questions to get to coming up on this. Peacock and Williamson. With the pro days in full swing, seeing Patrick Sertain's workout numbers, and, yeah, very likely now with the news of Caleb Farley's back injury, we might not have a lot of mystery on who the first corner is selected in the NFL draft, but you can bet on such things. Go to betonline.com. AG and find NFL draft props. You can find NFL futures who will win the Super Bowl next year, college football, futures, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, and of course, March Madness. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. And even beyond sports, awards shows, TV shows, reality television, table games, poker, you name it, betonline.com has you covered for all the news scores and odds sign up free go to betonline.ag or use your mobile device sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit remember use promo code locked on when you sign up at bet online your online sportsbook experts get more of the sports news you need in less time with the locked on today podcast follow locked on today on the radio.com app or wherever you get podcasts. By the way, you can also find Locked On 49ers, which I host here on the network, and Locked On Dynasty Football, which Matt Williamson co hosts right sure. here on the network, also at radio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, one more pro day note, actually, Matt, I, I lied. We're going to get to some questions I oh, promise here in a second. Um, Caleb Farley, this is a big one. He had some minor back surgery. He's going to be ready for training camp and all that, but he's not able to work out now at Virginia's pro day because he's going to have this minor little back surgery thing here. And I think this really is because look, a lot of these prospects aren't working out. Some prospects don't have any 2020 tape and Farley's one of them. He opted out for 2020. He was already sort of a raw corner. He was a former wide receiver. So you got to go back to 2019 tape on Farley. He's supposed to be this, Freak athlete. He was on Bruce Feldman's freaks list. He's 6'2, 200 pounds, and was going to blaze a 40. And you can see it on tape, and he could break on the ball so fast. He's really athletic, but he's not going to get a chance to do that now either in front of scouts. Scouts don't have anything to work on except for going back to 2019 tape. I think he's one of the prospects that might really get hurt by this and being, you know, and now have an extra little mark on his resume with some injury stuff going into the draft and having no 40 time, not seeing any workouts, not seeing any 2020 tape
1: yeah I, I i always hate commenting about injuries because obviously doctors are and every team doctors are know a thousand times more than I do about this. But it's not good news, especially for a guy that opted out. And my hunch is just you know, on the surface, this breaks all all ties in certain's favor. You know, I'm sure some teams are going to go either way on those dudes. I wonder if now Horn goes ahead of him, who I think is a pretty much a consensus third corner. And if so, does a smart, you know, established playoff-like team like the Colts or Green Bay or maybe Tennessee or somebody picking the late first round grab them at a discount?
0: It, it screams discount to me. You're taking a risk, but he was somebody that was going to, I mean, he put on some good tape in 2019 yeah, yeah. and I had talked about in my mock draft and I thought he was the number one corner because of that ridiculous athleticism and um, quarterbacks were better off throwing the ball straight into the turf than throwing it his way in 2019. <laughs> so he was good, even though there was some some rawness to his game, but he was going to be selected in the top 10, 15 based on athletic projection. And if you if it's, it makes that part of his uh, his projection a little bit harder because you don't even have that data point now to point to and say, look at all this freak athleticism. I know he's only got that one, you know, 2019 tape to look back on. And now you don't have that. It makes it really difficult for me to see him in the top 15. And so a team could get yeah. a steal a little bit later than that.
1: Yeah, it's I desperately need a corner. I'm not a great team. I'm a coach on the hot seat, picking in the, you know, eight to 15 range. I don't know. I don't know that I can put my stamp of approval on my first pick going there. Ooh, I bet Belichick would do it, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, right at, right, right at pick 15 <laughs> there, Belichick. He's looking for those man corners and might might be a place where he's got a little time to not start right away if he's... But he's supposed to be ready, so that's the other thing. He's supposed to be ready for camp, and maybe teams have seen enough, right? Maybe. And, and you know, no they're, they're, they're ready to gamble on that athleticism. Uh, here, I, One more quick note here. This one I'm just seeing Keep from... Corey Davis, who recently signed a free agent contract with the New York Jets, and he met with media talking about it. He said that he signed partially with the partially because of the the scheme, and it's going to be a familiar scheme fit for him. And he's and he liked Robert Sala, the head coach. But one nugget here that is very interesting. He said that he signed with the Jets partially understanding Sam Darnold would return as the team's starter.
1: Yeah, I, re- I read that too right before we went on the air. I didn't know how to take that. I mean, I. My first mock way back when, I had the Jets taking Pene Sula, too. And, and I think Joe Douglas is a former lineman. He grew up, you know, in the Eagles and Ravens organizations, and they build with lines. And you put, you know, him opposite Makai Becton and think, I don't care who my quarterback is. I'm just going to mash people, and we're going to play pretty well. And they've had a year of experience with being with Arnold and build around him. But it's just everyone that's knows more than me. I mean, other they're that are tied in, it just seems like it's a foregone conclusion that they're gonna use a second pick on a quarterback and probably the BYU dude. And you can't bring Darnold back in that situation. Uh, but nobody's biting. I mean, are they asking a ton for him? Do they love him? Or is he maybe he is gonna be the opening day starter? If you don't, don't that.
0: if you don't draft a quarterback at two, you have to trade to to a team that does want a quarterback to maximize the value there, right? Yeah. Even over drafting, say Penny Sewell or, or another prospect. So I would assume if it's Darnold, they're moving out of number two and just continuing to, to you know, own the next few drafts, basically.
1: Right, and I know everyone's like, boy, you got to, you know, Darnold is, you got to pay him now, and that's true, but he's very cheap this year. Next year, you if you love him, you could franchise him or, or you pick up his fifth-year option and then you could franchise him. And I know that's expensive, but you could have him, at, you know, you, you, there is some cost-controlled you know, actions there that you can take if he plays really well. But if he plays kind of well and you win eight games, aren't you going to regret not taking your guy this year?
0: Yeah, QB purgatory is, is probably right. the worry there if you're the Jets holding on to him. And, and uh, I think for another team... I mean, teams must not love Sam Darnold because why is he not already in Chicago? You know, unless
1: the Jets like him more than we think.
0: Yeah, And maybe that's it. And maybe maybe the other thing is because, look, Corey Davis doesn't know what the Jets are going to do. Like GMs are so secretive with this kind of stuff. Nobody in the room with them knows exactly what he's going to do in some cases in the front office. So maybe that's just one of the things that, you know, they're like, hey, yeah, we've got Sam Darnold.
1: And and that's it. And that's the end the, of the
0: conversation. It's like, okay, maybe we have San Darnold. But, you know, that could change tomorrow very quickly.
1: Right. I mean, how did the Corey da- – I mean, that's a good point. I mean, how does the Corey Davis-Jets conversation go? Well, they're talking contract. There's mutual interest. There's eight other teams calling, or maybe not that many. You know, Davis's agent, he's going to take the best one quickly. And in passing – boy, we really like Sam Darnold. You think he's going to be the quarterback? Yeah, I think so. You know, Corey Davis' agent.
0: And also, would that be a selling point? Like, hey, we got Sam Darnold as our quarterback. If you're the wide receiver, seeing what he's done so far, it would be like, eh, you know, maybe let's go see if one of these other teams with good quarterbacks needs a wide receiver first. So I don't know if that would be the greatest selling point.
1: Maybe Davis' camp is like, is David, is Darnold going to be the quarterback? And you say, well, do you want him to be? Yeah, I kind of like Darnold. Yeah, he'll yeah, probably yeah. be the quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> right, quarterback, right, right. Yeah. I mean, hey, I was in recruiting for three years. I he has conversations happen quick. And you can't just divulge all your secrets because what if he doesn't take the contract and signs with another team the next day?
0: I mean, Matt Williamson would have never lied to a teenage recruit, right?
1: Lie is a strong word. But like, for example, <laughs> Pitt is not the most beautiful of campuses. And there was a certain there's certain areas you don't drive through on the recruiting visits, things like that. There was a okay, there yeah. was a path to get to everywhere that I got down like the back of my hand and happened to drive by Danny Marino's house that he grew up in. You know, but yeah, you don't <laughs> want to go a couple streets over.
0: Uh, man, that's funny. Uh, here's one from Ryan on Twitter. He says, hey, guys, love the show. Thank you for improving my work days. Thank you so much, Ryan. Appreciate that. I was wondering, yeah. how do you feel about the Bills? They've spent quiet, but have retained twenty-one of twenty-two starters. They went 13 and 3. Essentially, this roster, uh, with with essentially this roster now enter the draft, only having to tweak the roster and find some diamonds in the rough. Both things this regime have excelled at. What do you think? Buffalo Bills offseason so far, Matt.
1: I like it quite a bit. And I know it doesn't seem like much, but I like the Trubisky high, you know pickup too, because super cheap. Maybe you resurrect his career. I think it's good for him. If Allen misses a couple games, you don't have to change the way you play. Um, Sanders for John Browns pretty much a swap. Uh, they 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 kept the offensive line intact. Um, defensive line looks okay. I, I think they set themselves up well for the draft. If there's an edge rusher that falls or a corner that falls, I think they would pounce on that. That could be a difference making type guy, or maybe an offensive lineman. Um, they're really well built and they're just you know rolling along. I think they're in really good shape.
0: Robbie on Twitter wants to know, do you think Julio could get traded by the end of the draft? Who would pay up for his services with only a few years left?
1: I don't think so. And we mentioned this, I think yesterday, I really think, and I could be wrong. I mean, uh, that this, the Matt Ryan restructuring to me, implies that they're probably not going to take a quarterback at four. They'll probably entertain trades. They probably think that they're good enough to compete. You know, I mean, it, it, trust me, I'm going to own a lot of Falcons in fantasy. That offense to me is, is really exciting with the new coach. And they also signed Mike Davis today, which is a, a nice little, I think he's a decent ba- back and could be their leading rusher when it's all said and done. And where I'm going, this was Julio is, I think if you're going to roll with Ryan, you roll with Julio and both those guys, if you were to move them this year or next, are just a ton of dead money.
0: And we saw what Arthur Smith did in Tennessee with Tannehill and Corey Davis and yeah. A.J. Brown. And I'm sure he wants to have some of that going on with Matt Ryan and Julio and Calvin Ridley. Sure. And with the with the Matt Ryan extension, I think that locks him in. And I'm with you They're They're trying to to see what they have here and, and win some games to start with a new regime Mm -hmm. there in Atlanta. Next year at this time, all bets are off, but it just really seems to feel to me that they're going to target defense, maybe even move down. I think pick four is a nice move-up spot in this draft. They could move down a little bit, draft one of the better defenders in the first round and be off and running.
1: yeah Yeah, I mean, if they could get a couple picks for that pick and really hit the defense hard, or I've even suggested – Grab Kyle Pitts and go all in and score fifty a again. Yeah, you know? but
0: <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, that, wow. that makes tons of sense. I could put Kyle Pitts into any team. Yes. after one, basically.
1: Yes, agreed. And you don't have to squint too hard to see a AJ Brown Holyoke, uh, you know, usage pattern here.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Some some run after catchability and just a monster. Yeah. Um, one quarterback I will say that does make some sense for Atlanta is because he might be a little further out, is Trey Lance. Maybe you're drafting Trey Lance knowing he's not going to play for a while, and that would still go in on the, the story we just told about Matt Ryan sticking around for at least one more with Julio and them trying to win, and then you have in your back pocket the QB of the future that nobody expects to play early in Trey Lance.
1: Maybe, maybe. I mean, I could understand that. I just think they might be a little more win now than that, you know, in terms of let's get the best edge pass rusher we can at 12, if the trade down or, you know, certain or whoever. Yeah. I mean, but any quarterback they draft, that's a long-term plan would make sense. even if it's Jamie Newman or Kellen Mond or somebody like that,
0: more tweets to get to on this Tuesday episode, got a lot of good ones. We'll finish strong here on Peacock and Williamson. One reason to repair and maintain your car yourself is to save money. And Then you can use that for other important things like the mortgage or food or whatever it is you want to spend your money on rather than going to some super expensive repair shop because you didn't take care of the things you could do on your own. Why would you choose to spend, say, 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? The guy's behind the counter on his computer. You can't see the screen. You don't know what's on that screen. They might have a very limited stock of items to select from. That is not the case at rockauto.com. An unbelievable selection. Adelphi fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey. Yeah, they got it. It's about $150 cheaper at rockauto.com than a big chain store. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We are getting into the enticing eight, in the 2021 Built Bar Bracket. What is your favorite flavor? Go to builtbar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter to vote. Today's matchup, Coconut Brownie Chunk versus Lemon Almond Cheesecake. All the coconut flavors making a strong run in this tourney. All the peanut butter flavors, to my dismay, have been eliminated. What flavor of Built Bar will reign supreme? Find out at BuiltBar.com. And while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars, which are high in protein, high in fiber, yet low in calorie and low And sugar, while somehow not sacrificing any wonderful taste. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at buildbar.com. Let's go to Travis on Twitter, who says, I've been seeing a lot about Davis Mills recently, the Stanford quarterback. Could he sneak into the second round?
1: I think that's not crazy. Uh, By all accounts, in a rainstorm, he had a fantastic pro day. He is a former massive recruit that's not a super athlete, but he's a very good thrower of the football, smart Stanford guy um, that just there's not a ton of tape on. How about him to Atlanta? You know, you could play the Ryan role, and, you know, if you pick up a couple extra picks in a trade down or super early third-round pick, I mean, something like that would make some sense to me.
0: I like him better in round three or even round four, just because there's not a lot to go on. I know he's a big time recruit and he he does throw a great ball and he has everything you look for and he's tall and uh, he's actually pretty athletic. He's had some injury problems early in his career. Um, You know, he's kind of playing even after his injuries though, he's playing behind KJ Costello at Stanford and locally here. I know KJ Costello was not that good. So that worries me a little bit. Like why wasn't Davis Mills starring? Earlier in his career at Stanford. So that does worry me a little bit. But one thing coaches are going to like who want the ball out early is he had, I think, the sixth fastest time to throw around two and a half seconds in college football this year. So he has a lot of pro style qualities for teams that are looking for a pro style quarterback in this draft where they, you know, there might not be a lot after the top couple of guys. He's absolutely in the conversation, I think, with Kyle Trask there as quarterback six. So I could see him sneak into the second round. I would feel a lot more comfortable with him a little bit later, you know, uh, at the end of the top 100.
1: So to this question, I think there's a lot of uncertainty of who the sixth quarterback's going to be. And here's a bold prediction. I bet there's not a second-round quarterback drafted.
0: I could see that. I could absolutely see that. A huge gap, say, you know, between pick 15 and 75, there's no quarterback taken.
1: Yeah, maybe. You might be 100% right. Like, I'm not taking Kyle Trask in the second round.
0: I think he's got the best shot. And I think Davis Mills has some heat. Uh, Kellen Mond, some uh, Mond, Chris Sims, yeah. Adam as his third or fourth best quarterback in this draft. Kellen Mond, I heard, I heard that. Yeah. Um, so uh, there, maybe Jamie Newman. I think what we're going to see is after the top five, and even inside the top, basically from two to five, is going to be probably the same quarterbacks on everybody's draft board, but in a different order. And then after five, it's just—I uh, mean, it'll be bizarre. And at this draft, more than any, we just talked about. Guy's not working out. A lot of lack of tape from 2020. Um, You know, only about half the teams are traveling to these pro days. So, or at least the GMs and decision makers and head coaches and stuff. So, I mean, this is going to be a bizarre draft. We're going to pretend that we know and there's going to be a consensus draft board. It's going to be all over the place. And I can't wait. I mean, people are going to, their minds are going to be blown. This is going to be the year that the earliest player, because you know when you're watching the draft sometimes, and even when you follow the NFL closely and you follow college football closely, there'll, there'll be a player drafted somewhat early and you go who I, I follow yeah. this as close as you possibly can and I thought I knew every single prospect and I just said who on a guy who was drafted on day two I think we're going to see a lot of those this year
1: I think you're right and two little notes there I think this is a great chance to have a Dak Prescott emerge you know a fourth rounder that you know mm-hmm. nobody bats an eye out when the draft happens two years from now as a starter because people just didn't know as much information. Someone hits on day three. I can see that from the quarterback position. And it's funny, like I, now when the Steelers do their draft, I do live radio the whole time. But when I worked for ESPN, I couldn't do that. I They called me at the 55 mark of every hour. And I would just do a five minute hit every hour during the live draft. And I'll never forget. They drafted William Gay who at like whatever time, 54, you're like here's William Gay. And now we're going to Matt Williamson. And that was the first guy in that draft. I had no clue who he was, you know, like <laughs> there's always one. And I'm like, um, <laughs> just had no clue how to answer the questions because nobody knew who he was.
0: Oh, that's great! I love that. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I remember watching 49ers fans' heads explode when the Niners drafted Jukowski Tart in the second round. You know, smaller school mm. guy. You know, with a funny name, and then no, nobody knew who this guy was. And they're like, "Oh my gosh!" And and I that, I knew who he was, so I had to tell everybody. I was like, "Hey, look this this guy's you know sort of a freaky guy. You know, big strong safety with speed, and you know, small school. I know, and maybe." He was supposed to go in the in round three area, but, you know, not a terrible draft pick. So sometimes you have to talk people off the ledge who are the, the casual fans who are expecting, you know, the Deshaun Jacksons of the world that are, you know, there's always that one player that's sliding that everyone knows about that saw the highlights during the college football season, knows their name. And they're there in the second round. They're like, how is this guy still around with the college career he had? And teams are passing up on him for all these other players that they don't know the names of. So uh, that's what makes the draft so fun.
1: The earliest one I can remember is when the Raiders drafted Mike Mitchell, the safety because yes. he went to OU, Ohio University. OU OU's around here. Oklahoma U is – never mind. Um, and, <laughs> and was a massive workout warrior. It was a very Al Davis move. Mm-hmm. And he was a second-round pick. And I remember going – I think I've seen this name that you think he worked out well, but he's a second rounder. Who is this guy?
0: Right. Yeah. He was one of those. I remember that draft because late in the process, people were like, Hey, watch out for this name. He had these crazy workouts and you know, and you're, you thought that meant, okay, instead of being a seventh round pick, it'll be a fourth round pick. And it's like, right. Right. The Raiders snatched him up in round two. Wow.
1: Right. Right. You ran fast. You got to have him.
0: Barry says, how do you go about self-scouting your player assessment and how often, how uh, do you look at just the players you assess correctly Or do you look at the misses too? Is this a thing that scouts across the NFL do? And uh, is it personnel or team driven? Any biases you'd like to share?
1: not Sure, exactly what he's asking. I mean, is I think he's asking two, me? a
0: two parter. How do teams self scout when it comes to the draft? How do they have a period where they go back and look at drafts and say, Okay, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? How do we get better? And then I think Barry's also asking, How do we do that personally? Like with our hits and misses, how do we uh, try mm-hmm. to get better at evaluating? Because I, I take it somewhat seriously, more seriously than I probably should when it comes to the draft, and I, I keep track of of what i do and i've learned a lot over the years and i think guys like dre archer that we talked about earlier ryan Moats was one of my favorite prospects you know mm. many many years ago now i think 2004 when he was coming out of louisiana tech and i thought he was the next barry sanders because he made people miss so much in college but you've got to be tough at almost every position you got to run through arm tackles as a as a running back you've got to cat, make catches in traffic as a wide receiver you've got to um Convert speed to power as a pass rusher. I think that's one of the things I've really grown about is like, it's not about athleticism in college. You can win by being a better athlete. Now, athleting everybody in the NFL, you got to win dirty.
1: So to answer the question, I think the answer is yes. And yes, you know that you must evaluate the evaluators in a way. Unfortunately, I also bet there's a lot of front offices that, aren't there long enough to truly do it? Yeah. You know, like they don't even last three years to look back at the, the draft their first draft there or whatever, you know, there's too many changes, but if you're an NFL scout for a living, I would imagine most people do this. And I think you're insane. If you didn't go back, you know, every, I don't know, July or something. That's not very busy. Spend a week going, okay, I'm going to read my, every report I wrote, from five years ago, or at least all the ones I hit and all the ones I missed, you know, like the guy's been in the league five years now and and let's also do it for the three year people. And I bet you'll find trends. Like you said, like, man, I keep going on these skinny receivers or I, 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 I value athleticism for my edge rushers more than I should instead of physicality, you know, things like that. I'm sure there's trends.
0: Or like the Doriel Green-Beckham, players like that come to mind. It's like right. all the red flags are there and obvious, but you're wowed by the athleticism and what he could be, and then you realize, oh, yeah, the first line of the bio is the thing we should have realized is he didn't care, and he didn't love ball, and he wasn't going to show up. <laughs> right. Isaiah Wilson, who now got cut by the Dolphins. Did you see that one? He's gone. Right. And it's all right and there. Such, the red flags yeah. were there, and, and I think that's a big one. And I think teams, a, a lot of the old grizzled scouts, That's why when you hear about these character red flags or injury stuff, they've been burned by those types of players in the past. They'll just take them off their board. Oh, you had back surgery? Sorry, ain't drafting you. Not touching it.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, and a lot of them will be like, I drafted a running back out of Iowa one time and he busted. I can't ever do that again. You know, like (laughs) some of them are a little crazy. But, yeah, I mean, when you put your... It's embarrassing. I mean, you put yourself on the line in front of all your peers in the war room saying this is somebody we should draft. I mean, this is why you're paying me and he doesn't hit for you. I mean, it burns you. I mean, it it's it's scarring.
0: And I will say uh, and, and I've talked to some NFL evaluators past and present, and there is absolutely some ego involved in some of it too and they feel oh. like they have those positions for a reason and i think there's probably less self-scouting going on than there should be and there's not a lot of time yes by the way as soon as the draft's over the coaches are on to the next season they're not self-scouting the draft stuff anymore and uh, i just think there could be probably a lot better self-scouting going on in some buildings and you know some jobs change too frequently as you mentioned that's part of it as well but i think part of it is just ego and believing that they got everything right and one person i talked to who was uh um in charge of a draft room said uh essentially it's not a direct quote but we were talking about prospects and I was asking almost a similar question that Barry asked us just now is like you know how do you learn from it would you learn from this and that and his his answer and I was kind of blown away by it I was like man this guy you, you know I, I wish I could compete against this guy And a you know he's <laughs> drafting for another team right because his answer was essentially I've I've never gotten a prospect wrong the prospects just screwed up I was blown away. My jaw was on the
1: floor. That's the guy you don't want to hire and you want to play against. You're 100% right. And there is way, tons of ego involved. And I don't say this because I wasn't an athlete, but most of these guys were the best athlete on the field for much of their life and, you know, used to winning and uh, particularly coaches, you know, that give me Doral Green Beckham. I can fix them because I'm the best receiver coach in the league.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. All right, good stuff. We're out of time here. Thanks for all the questions, everyone. Big time draft mode going forward here on Peacock and Williamson. We'll check back in on the free agent market. Some some more players I'm sure will be signed. I'm sure some trades will pop up here and there and tons of uh, other news around the league. But pro day season, NFL draft, we've got some mocks, we've got some power rankings coming and positional rankings for the NFL draft. We got you covered daily here all off-season long. Peacock and Williamson.